Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. In today's episode, I'm talking to Megan Gonzalez, founder of Maymay & Co. For the last 13 years, she has used her creativity to design paper products, branding, and photos, and has had an insanely impressive client list. She's even been recognized by many of her style heroes, including Vogue, Martha Stewart, and Rachel Zoe. We've also been really privileged to have her style photos for Valmarie Paper over the years. And in that time working together, it's been so evident how important prayer and community is to her life and process. So that's what we're going to dive into today. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Megan. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Val. I was so excited to hear you were even doing this podcast and then very honored that you asked me to be on it. So Megan, many people know you as a creative director. Um, That's actually how we initially connected. You were actually creating wedding invitations when I first found out about you, but we started working together when you started directing our photo shoots. And one year we got to go to Minneapolis and be there for the shoot. And I just remember we got to sit and chat over hamburgers, um, (laughs) talking about our faith and your story of community was so unexpected. Um, I knew you were a believer. I knew, um, obviously like your creativity was from the Lord, but it was just so refreshing to hear how, um, how faithful you were to just your local community that nobody saw. And, um, I think that's a real Testament today when so much is on online, uh, is visible online. Yeah. Um, so I'm just excited to, to talk to you about just the nitty gritty of community in our life and praying with other people. Um, but before we dive into all that, I would love to just hear what your prayer routine looks like right now. So I, actually was thinking on how I, this conversation is going to be really pivotal, I think in my prayer routine. So Mm -hmm. I was first thinking about what did my prayer routine used to be like pre-Griffin? I had a baby Mm -hmm. a year ago. And then I was thinking about how much it has changed. And I was like, I think now I'm entering another season of change um, with my prayer routine. And it's kind of a blend of what I was doing before Griffin was born, the growth and the grace that I received when Griffin was a newborn. Um, And then now kind of walking confidently in this new season. But I felt like what so going back, I am a very black and white checklist kind of person, even though at the same time, I can be very abstract, creative and all those things. But what makes me feel accomplished is like checklistiness. So maybe six, seven years ago, my prayer routine um, would start early in the morning and I had a journal and I would read my Bible and pray, journal my prayers in my journal. And I was like, I need to have a, you know, I need to give 10% of my day to God. So I need to give, you know, 2.4 hours to God every day sitting here. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even have enough to say in two hours in the morning. And it was very religious, very like stringent. And then it just made me not even want to like participate in a like morning prayer routine. Um, And through community actually and seeing other people model the way that they communicate with God, the more vulnerable way that they would share their heart and requests with God and people around them really opened up my eyes to other ways that I could pray and commune with God. And so slowly over time that transformed how I spent time with God. Um, And I was we have um, a group at our church called Sisterhood, and these amazing women 
create lessons. And as I was listening one time, I was just in awe of the depth that pe- that these women were bringing. Um, I forget particularly what the specific woman was talking about, but I was like, I've heard that verse or that concept so many times in my life, and I've never heard it brought to life like that. And she doesn't have a PhD in theology, and she's not a professor, mm-hmm. and she's not a pastor, and she doesn't do anything professionally or related to scripture or teaching but like look at this amazing gift in her and then I just felt God say like you have that same access to me to understand me to understand my word and I was like I'm gonna do it (laughs) so that kind of started me on my own time in the morning where it started as discipline in prayer and then it became a hunger where it's like I needed that every morning craved it wanted it saw so much fruit from that prayer time in the morning And um, I feel like a big moment was we went on a trip in 2019. And before we left, I was like, God, I don't want to lose out on this prayer time that we have every morning. And so I'm going to wake up early every day before we like go out on our adventures on this trip. And I will either go to the hotel lobby or I'll go to a coffee shop and I'm going to pray and read Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. morning. And I did it. And the very first morning, I was at um, a juice store or something, and I just remember being so scared to pop my Bible and journal out, and then just mm-hmm. thinking, like, <laughs> isn't the enemy so sneaky like that? Because this is something I crave and am just excited about and proud of, and he can just throw that into your mind, like, you should leave. This is really awkward. What are you doing? <laughs> Everyone's looking at you. Um, but that was, like, a big moment where it was, like, this is a part of who I am no matter where I go, no matter the disruption of my normal everyday life. Like this is my commitment and my fuel. And then when I had Griffin, (laughs) it's like, oh my gosh, this is like, I I remember thinking I'm not going to be one of those moms who's like, I don't have time to do my morning devotionals. Like Mm -hmm. so crazy. I was like, okay, it's not that hard. Just like wake up earlier, wake up at five, do whatever. And then you're living it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Yeah, I get it. I understand why you all are saying that. Yeah. Um, and so that was, where, that was when I just felt the Holy Spirit telling me, like, there's grace in this. Like, that, the way that you were starting your day with those really long, intensive moments of prayer and reading of the Bible and study together, that really set you up to like understand me and to understand and hear my voice throughout your day. It didn't mm-hmm. just end at that moment, but that moment really prepped me for a full day of communication with God. And so once I had Griffin and schedules went out the window and so many different things, I was learning to um, how to function and how to be myself in these new roles. I would just like call out to God at certain times and I would just pray in the smaller moments instead of having this formal time. And I think that there are seasons where the work that you poured into like really Mm -hmm. understanding God's character and literally seeing in black and white on your journal prayers and answers that that really fuels you for those moments where you're maybe not going to be sitting down with the journal. Um, And I read something that you wrote I don't know when I read it, but it has just been in my head that I think it was when you had Vivi that you had like a journal or a book under her bassinet. And when you were laying there oh, next yeah. to her, you would read it. Mm-hmm. And I thought of that a while ago. And when I would be laying next to Griffin, I was like, this is my moment. This is my moment. I can pray. Um, so that's it, been, yeah, just like weaving in and out of my day. So, okay, I'm going to, I've made some notes because I loved a couple of things um, that I want to like highlight because first of all, you said your discipline basically turned into a hunger. And I think that's really important for people to hear because so often we feel like we should have that hunger in the beginning. And if we don't, we feel like, well, this, I thought I would feel more during this prayer time, but that discipline is what drives us to our hunger. So keep going. If you are just starting out, and you're trying to make a habit of it, keep going. Just know that that can come. And that is not something that you should have just miraculously had on your own. Um, right. And you, just the idea of um, 
I think it's in Grumpy Mom that I talked about how, you know, in these newborn phases, um, understanding the idea of whether you have two pennies or a dollar. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess I should Mm -hmm. explain that. But um, (laughs) in the Bible, the widow comes and gives two pennies and then the rich man comes and gives like something very small for what he has. It's more than two pennies, but it's very small for what he actually has. Mm. And I think we need to know when we're in that season of just a really busy season, whatever we have to give to God, God is so happy to, to enjoy that with you. It's not a, okay, I should be giving so much more. You don't have it. Give him what you have. Absolutely. And then, after, like, I think it's really commendable for you. Like you're coming out of that year, that first year. And I do think it's easy to feel that, that we have less than we have for a lot longer. And, um, in the book, I basically say, don't, don't think that you have two coins when you really have a dollar in your back pocket. (laughs) And, um, we're just not aware of it. But so I think just, that's just really cool to hear how you are, you are in that season, but you are moving out of that season. Um, as you feel, as you know, you have more time or, you know, right. You know, it's not just going to be like, I'm just waiting for that extra time. You are pursuing that, you know? Exactly. Um, I actually, when Griffin was six months old, that was when I was like, I need to, yeah. Like I just am longing to get back into that routine. And so I started waking up early before he would wake up and spending time with the Lord in my kitchen. And then um, two weeks into that routine, found out I was pregnant again and then was really (laughs) sick and all of the things. So I'm just laughing, like thinking back on it, that I did try to get back on that, the routine that was working for me for so long. But And then God... Yeah. yeah, then God showed you like, no, this is all you have, and that's that's good. Like, it's good, um, man. And I kind of forgot about that, so I'm glad you brought. That I know, up. growing little belly, pushing against the desk yeah. right now. Oh, <laughs> well, and okay. I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say to what you were sharing about um, how it doesn't come naturally, and we don't know how to do it right off the bat. I think what really changed that time that I had with God praying in the morning was that I started to journal and pray differently than what I thought was expected of me. Mm -hmm. And I really don't even know where I got my preconceived idea of how I was supposed to journal and pray. I think it probably in part has to do with listening to some people pray out loud where I'm sure you've heard this too, where some people, when they start praying, they have like a different voice almost Yeah, and they uh-huh. like, their language is different. And I think that that can be genuine for people, but as an observer and as someone who's learning to pray, I think that probably confused my heart a little bit thinking, oh, when I pray, I have to use my prayer voice, my prayer mm-hmm. words and, um, like use this type of English when I'm praying in my journal. And what I really found to work for me is really praying scripture. So writing down, you know, maybe one verse um, that stood out to me in my reading. And I pray that and put it in my own words and found like writing lists a lot in my prayers was the way that my heart and mind connected to communicate with God um, so I feel like it, it was both the, the heart change of discipline to hunger, but also like freedom where God's like, mm-hmm. why don't you show up and communicate with me in the way that I made you to communicate instead of some formal way you think is the proper way to prayer? Um, yeah, saying that makes me think of praying and I went to a Christian school in high school and. Um, the phrase is hedge of protection and traveling mercies. I like, I'm pretty sure I said that before I even knew what that actually meant. Um, and I'd be curious, man, that'd be interesting to hear like what other people would say. Well, might have to ask that on Instagram or something to see like, what things have you prayed that you just heard somebody pray and you thought, Oh, this is what you pray for when somebody travels or, um, my gosh. But, um, man, okay, I want to unpack one more thing that you you mentioned um, about the idea of these, how how your habit can actually, you know, because I feel like it's so easy to swing in either direction of like, 
um, we need to have this solid time in the morning or we can just pray throughout our day and whatever. But I do think it's really cool how you talked about how, how the habit is what made it possible to pray without ceasing. I think it is very, it's difficult to just jump into that. And it's almost like that, that, you know, when we say, you know, we want to have time every day to pray with the Lord. It's not because that's the only way to pray or that's the, it's because that, that, um, it just gives us the confidence to pray throughout the day. And I'm not saying every day, but just to say that that's why those, um, landmarks or those, those milestones in our day, I can't think of the right word, but, but basically the anchors of time and prayer, the things that we like plan out. That's why it's important. It's not because it's the only way to pray, but it's just something that, it makes, well, you know, it's not just these, oh, help me, God. It's like it it creates an intimacy that helps us when we're in those moments of, yeah, this is a really, this is a one-minute prayer throughout my day, but man, I am so connected to the Lord because of that intimacy I experienced with Him at other times. Absolutely. When I think that there is, and an, not to demean the sacredness and like the power and access that we have to pray to God, the creator of the entire universe. But I think that there's a strong parallel when you just look at relationships in your life, the people that you have had deep conversations with and that you know their heart and that you understand each other. Those are the people that you can like have those really fast phone calls where you Mm -hmm. don't have to be like, Oh, how are you? Yes. You can just be like, Hey, here's the bullet points. Okay, cool. See ya. Or the texts that don't have to be more like an email. They can just be like a quick little message or a voice note or whatever. I think that the value of spending quality, deep, high time with God Mm -hmm. is what allows you then to have him be top of mind, you know, the forefront of the the first person that you would go to with the things in your life. And I found that I would often, when I would have a problem or a stressor, I would have so many other ways to self-soothe or people I would bring that problem to. And it was like, I would never bring it to God. And mm-hmm. I think there, a part of that was something like I had to heal from or like learn that no thing that I carry is going to bother God or is too small or he's thinking, you need to fix that. You got yourself in that. You get yourself out of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think in learning that those deep moments make those quick moments possible it's like, wow, that I'm so grateful that I had a season where I was able to learn that before life got fuller with babies and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. Um, well, okay. So let's dive into talking about community um, and what specifically what community, what role community has played in your prayer life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of referenced this when I was talking about my really stringent um, approach to time Mm -hmm. with God in the morning. But when we moved to Minnesota in 2012, we started attending a church and um, pretty soon after that dove in to uh, become a part of a small group that met in downtown Minneapolis at our friend Brad's house. Or at the time, we didn't know who he was, but has since become our friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I, well, the little backstory on becoming a part of that small group, our church is pretty large and has multiple campuses. And I called the church and said, here's a little bit about me, my husband, here's where we live. We're looking to become involved in a small group. Which one would you recommend? So he recommends um, Brad's life group. And then maybe an hour before life group starts. So, you know, we have like a few weeks heads up on when it is. An hour before small group starts, we start Googling the people or like Facebooking the people who are in the group. I don't even know how we could see who they were. And we were like, everybody is single in this group. Like we wanted to go to a married life group. Like we don't know if we want to go to this group. And then, you, you know, you start to like create these excuses like, 
I don't, do these people like seem like people we'd be friends with? Like, should we do this? <laughs> and so, you know, you're in that crunch time an hour before group and you're about to decide to just scratch the whole thing and not go. And I think that that was a moment where the enemy was um, trying to pull us away from something that would radically change the rest of our life. Oh, yeah. And I'm so grateful. Like that's such a testament of um, the power of two people that are pursuing God's best and have the same foundation. Um, And I really don't know what the conversation Jason, my husband and I had at that moment, but you know, in some way we, you know, called each other up to, to give it a go. I feel like it was something along the lines of let's at least go once. Um, Yeah. But, and then, you know, you go the first time and you're like, okay, that's, that's okay. That's okay. And, but then there was just a deep commitment. And I remember that first semester, I only missed one group. um, And it was because I ran the stairs in my apartment for a half hour and like um, overdid it in my calves so bad. I couldn't even walk. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty funny reason to miss. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyways, that group was incredibly transformative. Um, we were studying, I actually don't even remember what specific, um, books of the Bible we were studying, but we were just studying like the early church and the prayer time. I don't fully remember like specific powerful things, but what was really modeled to me in that was vulnerability and people bringing Mm -hmm. real requests to God. Every request is real. Sorry, that was probably not the right language, but vulnerable moments where God is for sure going to get the glory after you share that when he answers it, because like, that's really weighty or embarrassing or heavy or all these things. And just really admiring what people were bringing into community to say, please lift this up in prayer with me. Um, And I was also just very inspired by the way that people were the same when they were at group, when they were at school or work, um, when they were in their families or communities, just the, the stories that were shared about, you know, either mundane or powerful things that were happening in their lives. I was just really struck by the fact that they were true and they were themselves all the time. And that was something I had really struggled with is probably being too much of a chameleon around different Mm. groups of people. You know, in this group of people, I am not going to bring up this topic that's important to me. In this group, you know, I'll lean more into this type of attitude. Um, And I was just very inspired to be the same all the time by that group. And um, from there, you know, it's been a trickle effect of being in many different small groups. That small group grew from maybe eight 10 people to about 60 by the end of that summer. Wow. And so we split into three groups and um, continued to multiply and multiply and multiply. And I think maybe three years after that first initial group, we started a campus in downtown Minneapolis for our church Wow! um, and really had hundreds of people who are already attending these um, small groups and having their lives impacted and, being encouraged and all of the the beautiful things that can come from community. That's, that's amazing. It's so, it, and when I think about like the church growing or, you know, like even in today's world, like Tyler is an elder at our church now and he's helping the youth and just being on this, like on this side of things, um, thinking about growth, it happens when people are in that community, when they are, vulnerably sharing and getting right. to know each other. It doesn't happen from um, a lot of the things that we, we want to try to attract people with. Um, if right. I could say that, um, and I, the idea of praying vulnerably, I think, um, whenever you were saying that, I felt like I got exactly what you were saying. Just the idea of, you know, we can, we can have prayer time where it's like, okay, we pray for, um, very like surface level things, Um, but I think just hearing what you're saying makes me want to be extra vulnerable with people so that they know that they can be vulnerable too. Um, cause everybody's probably waiting for somebody to drop that, you know, somebody, somebody to open up the door for that. And if you're listening, 
God probably wants you to be that person in your group um, <laughs> because you're hearing it right now. Um, but I think that that's just something very important to, to make note of because, man, we definitely can keep our prayers pretty surface level. We could pray oh, yeah. with other people yeah. and, you know, we could we could be consistent with that, but we can also still keep it very surface level. So um, I think right. part of joining people in prayer is praying and asking God, who should I be praying with so that you can pray with people that you feel safe to share these things with. So that's so good. Yeah. And actually two things that stand out to me in that is um, at one point in our small groups, um, I, I don't know if it was at small group or like in service, but the, there was a call, find an accountability partner. And so my friend Alyssa and I became accountability, accountability partners. And I shared something with her that, um, I had wrestled with my entire life and it wasn't instantly healed or solved in that moment, but Mm -hmm. that started me on a journey because I was vulnerable and finally brought that request to God, um, that I've found immense healing. And actually the thing, the issue was procrastination. Hmm. And, um, it seemed, it's so interesting how I was so scared to tell her because the depths of how that procrastination had hurt other people had been damaging for my business um, had caused so much unrest and unpeace in my life. It was felt so shameful. And in mm-hmm. sharing that request with her and her coming alongside me to pray in that, it started like years of healing and like being vulnerable with God and really bringing these real things to him that I struggled with. Um, and one of the things that I, one of the ways that I've used prayer journals is I will write release at the top of the page and I will write all of the feelings that I am like holding onto as I enter into that space just to say like, God, I like release these feelings and want to get my feelings out of the way so that the time we have together can be about truth. And feelings can of course be indicators of true events and, and true, you know, things of your heart, but feelings can also be blockers that stop you from really having deep communion with God, from really bringing things you want to before him. And so that has been really healing to like start by listing out the things that I'm carrying and the feelings that I have and just saying like, God, take these during our time, whether it's about these things or I just need to get them off my heart so that we can, you know, commune about other things during our time together. That is good. I wrote that down. I love that. Um, cause I think that, that that's just so easy to do. It's so easy to start to pray and try to get into, um, you know, like how are we going to walk away saying that we're going to obey God if we are just clenching our jaw and feeling yeah. overwhelmed with certain things. So yeah. I think that's that's a really cool exercise and definitely something that I'm going to um, just incorporate and try to do. Okay, so I want to hear if you have um, any thoughts of, of just different benefits that come from praying with other people. I know we've already kind of talked about talked about it um, as a whole, but any, just a list, a list of different things that you would just say, man, these, these are the benefits I've found from praying with other people. Yeah. I would say accountability is a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that when you're praying with other people and sharing your heart or carrying the things that are in their heart to God alongside your friend or, um, community member, that there's a lot of responsibility in that and um, accountability to continue to be faithful and praying for that, to be caring for that person, to be releasing or letting go of whether it's the sinful things in your life or baggage or whatever, so that God can really work in your heart in the requests that you've brought before God and your friend that you're praying with. Um, I also think that there is a lot of inspiration in praying Mm -hmm. with friends. And also I really love hearing how my friends are praying. Um, I have a friend, Lindsay, who has like a massive bulletin board with different post-it notes of prayers. Um, And I think that maybe it's being a visual person, but just like seeing the things I've entrusted, the tender things I've entrusted her with 
and seeing that she is praying for them in her room and has them on her wall. I feel like it's inspiring where you're like, I'm going to keep on praying for that thing too, because I see that you believe that there's power behind the prayers that you're putting into this, that you've Mm -hmm. visibly put up this massive reminder to yourself. And so it spurs me on and inspires me to be faithful and to not give up faith that God will hear me and that he will be good in however he answers. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's a really cool one just because um, when I know I've experienced when I feel like I can't pray for myself, having other people pray for me, it, it rebolsters my, you know, like if I've been weary, like if somebody's been praying for something for seven years and they're yeah. just like, I can't keep praying for this. Yes. Um, I remember talking to somebody and they were like, have all your friends pray for it. Maybe you take yeah. a break from it and have other people pray that for you. Um, and you actually prayed for me the other day mm-hmm. and you mentioned the phrase messengers. I don't even know if I told you that that word stuck out to me so much, yeah. but I was sharing with our launch team um, because you had talked about the people who would be sharing this book, pray confidently and consistently. And you called them messengers. And I just looked at the scripture of like, it, it felt so um, like you're a creative person and I just love the creativity of that word. Mm, But scripture talks about, I think I forget if, I think it's in Isaiah, but it basically is the passage of here I am, send me or like that God was looking for messengers and I got to share that with our launch team and just encourage them with that word that I would have not had, had, you know, like you had not shared that prayer with me. Um, but yeah, you, you talked about like inspiration and the ability that we have to learn from other people praying. Um, it does not have to be an intimidating thing of, oh, I want to pray like them or I wish I could pray like them, but right. more just a, this is an opportunity we get to learn from somebody else's prayers and um and not just like we're just taking notes but like we're experiencing those prayers and we're hearing them right as they're being prayed you know absolutely um, but yeah and then there was two other things I thought about while you're talking just the consistency that it helps you to pray consistently um and see getting to see multiple prayers answered. So if we only know what we're praying for, if we are only praying by ourselves, that is a limited amount that we get to see what God is oh, doing yeah. in our yep. life. But if there are five of us together and we're all lifting requests up to the Lord and we're weekly sharing, guys, this is what the Lord did over here. He may yes. not have moved in your p- particular situation in a super obvious way that week, but to to get to see constant reminders that he is alive, yes, even if it's somebody else's life, is encouraging to our own prayer life. So absolutely, um, kind of just makes you think: why wouldn't why wouldn't we? You know, why wouldn't we want to pray together? <laughs> so good, yeah. Why? And I think that I I know why we wouldn't want to pray together. Oh, good. Yeah, go there. Yeah, it's vulnerable, <laughs> and yeah. it's intimidating. Because yeah. like you said, we think we have to pray these eloquent, extravagant prayers like we've maybe seen people model. Um, and then it's very <clears throat> intimate. You're sharing something that um, you're basically saying, I, I can't do this. I don't have mm-hmm. the answer to this. I am not enough to solve this. Um, and... I think that that can be very intimidating when we want to seem like I can solve my own problems, I'm control of myself, you know, and that's very contrary to what it means to be in relationship with God. When our weaknesses bubble to the top, then that's when we and the people around us can see God's strength really move because we've relinquished the role that we're taking in that situation and saying like, God, I need you to come in and make this change to heal this, to solve this, et cetera. I can't do it. And that's very vulnerable and very scary. Yeah. Um, I go, I attend a mom's um, small group on Friday mornings that has been so encouraging and beautiful. And we do prayer requests at the end of the time. And the entire time that we're together, we're at a park. 
So I'm curious what we're going to do in the winter mm-hmm. when it's like negative 500 degrees here. Yeah. Um, but we're at the park and there's kids of all ages. They're all running around. It's chaotic. You know, Cheerios are flying in the air and sometimes babies are crying or, you know, you're ch- someone's chasing down their kids that are throwing sand. And it's just a very chaotic time with like little moments of conversation but we're always very intentional. And my friend Niwa, who leads it, always breaks us, you know, at the end to um, come together. We stand around and she reads a scripture and then asks for prayer requests. And like that part of our time together is such like, when you think of percentage of the time we're all together is such a small time and yet so powerful. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it, the entire time together didn't have to be very spiritually focused or talking about deep things about God or motherhood or prayer. But that moment at the end has immense power and has meant so much to me in bringing these prayer requests um, to a group of women that I trust or I've learned to trust. Cause you know, at the beginning, I didn't even know them, mm-hmm. um, but has been very powerful to see God answer these prayers. And I told Jason, I said, obviously I, I mean, I'm still growing in my understanding of prayer and God, of course, but I understand the purpose and power of prayer and that it's not magical. And yet every prayer request I've brought to this group, mm-hmm. I have seen God answer. Yeah. And I feel blown away because I feel like in my own, maybe I wasn't even praying about some of these things because they felt like, oh, that's just the consequence of living in a fallen world and <laughs> just live with it, you know? Yeah. But it has truly been I've been blown away. Like I feel challenged every week. Like, oh, what am I going to bring? Because God is going to come through <laughs> on this one. But I just think the immense power, like when you're saying like, why not do it? Even when it's just five, 10 minutes spent sharing requests and praying, like the immense power that you can see come from that, that spurs you on to want to continue to pray, to collect prayer requests mm-hmm. from your friends and say like, I want to know those mundane things that you're carrying that you need you need the lord to step in on i want to be there for that because i am just fired up watching him answer yeah and all i could think of is um i talk about this a good deal deal in the book but the the primary thing about prayer is to bring glory to god and so often when we're just tucking those prayers away for ourselves, um you know, like I, I kind of asked the question, and this is not a string that we pull with God, but um, the idea of like, okay, if God answered a certain prayer in your life, would anybody know about it? Would mm. anybody know that yeah. that God worked amazingly in your life? Yes. And oftentimes it's like, no, I'd maybe even chalk it up to coincidence or I would yeah. just assume it was, I just worked really hard for it. But man, if we're those things were praying in a group, those other women got to see that and they yeah. got to bring glory to God too. And it, it was it was all pointed to him. So okay. I think that that's um there's something very special about praying with other people and getting getting um to just point others to him instead of keeping those things to ourselves. So I think that's one Absolutely. reason we do see see how God works. Um yeah. and again, it's not a formula. We're not saying go pray with a bunch of people. So you'll get, get what you prayed for, you know, um, but <laughs> right. it's consistent with God. He, he is saying he wants throughout scripture. And in the book, I literally give like a page of examples of all the times it was like for my glory or so that yes. my name yes. may be, you know, glorified. And he it's those miracles that he did were for his glory. So, yes. Um, yeah, I love it. That's so good. It. Well, and I think when you haven't, shared that prayer publicly, but when uh, community is a part of the answer, telling them you were just, an- you were just a part yes, of the answer to yes. my prayer. Um, and two things that come to mind for me is, uh, I think it was like three years ago. I, I felt like, I don't think I've laughed really hard in a long time. I feel just really flat. I feel like I don't have a lot of joy in my life, feel very isolated. Um, and so I prayed like, God help me laugh. And the very next day at a photo shoot, I was with my friends, Grace and Kelsey, Mm -hmm. and laughed so hard 
maybe peed my pants. <laughs> but like, and I just remember telling them, like, you guys were an answer to prayer. And, like, I will continually bring that up. Um, but because you would think, okay, well, that wasn't massive. You weren't asking for a healing from a major disease or crisis in your life. But to feel no joy and to feel flat and to hear God answer you and say, like, that is a part of my character. That is the spirit that lives inside of you. You know, his fruit is joy. Mm -hmm. And like, here you go. I felt like that was one of the most powerful moments of like seeing God answer prayer through community. Um, And then very similarly at the beginning of this summer, I was like, I don't know why we live here. Like we're not by family. The pandemic really stripped away a lot of the normal habits of community have this new baby. I feel just so isolated. Like, what is the point of living here? The point of light, you know, you're going really deep and dark. And the very next day, my friend Rebecca texted me and invited me to this brunch and I didn't open up her text either. I didn't, I don't even remember what happened, but the, um, next morning I opened her text and it said, I, I go to a brunch club and we're meeting tomorrow, Saturday morning at nine 30 do you want to come? It's at my house. And she just lives around the corner from me. And I, it was at that point, 10 AM on the Saturday. So it was mid brunch and I was in my pajamas and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like exactly what I needed. Like I need to go to this. I have no idea who's going to be there, but I just like threw on um, a dress, grabbed Griffin, put on sunglasses, went out, like not ready at all, but just (laughs) had to be there. And it was just so sweet. And so now I go to this monthly brunch club. And then a few days later after that was invited to the mom's group. Um, And I just was like, God, you like you heard me. And like, it (laughs) wasn't just, okay, I'll answer like you just stick it out and keep doing the hard things of life. And I'll answer that later. Like these good things that he that there's steps that we can take um, action towards, like, I feel like he just opened up all those doors, all those ramps to be a part of community. And it has radically changed like my spirit and like what it feels like to live here continually in a pandemic with a baby and a baby on the way. Like it, it just made a ginormous difference. And so I told the ladies at the brunch club, like, this was an answer to prayer. Like, I was looking for this and this mm. may be just regular. They've been doing it for four years. This may just be routine and regular to you, but this literally transformed like where I'm at emotionally, mentally right now. Yeah, that's powerful. I'm, I'm gr- glad to hear not only that that happened, but that you told them that because I just think that is a, a good challenge to me. Like I want to tell people when they do that in my life, because it, it is motivating. It is, um, it's exciting. It, and even though those people were answered to prayers, not because they prayed, I think it translate, um, it translates to, to like when people pray for us, um, we've had people say, you know, like they have become the friend that their, their friends go to for prayer because they have seen them pray. And, Um, I think it's just really exciting and it's motivating to our own prayer lives when we know that what we are doing is making a difference in other people's lives and that God is using that. So I think that is just, I want to be a person who draws that out in others by saying, Hey, you were an answer to prayer or thank you for praying for this because God answered. Um, and making sure that they know that they were a part of that, that God used them, that not only did God answer, but he, he, answered through them, which I think is just something that, um, it doesn't put the spotlight on us. It more just makes us want to hunger more for this time with God, which absolutely totally ties back to what we were saying in the beginning. You know, we want that hunger for him. Okay, Megan, we, uh, we could probably talk forever about this. Um, but I want to hear, I want to ask one last question. What are the biggest no's that you have seen in your life and what has God taught you through that? Yeah. So I feel like I'm hopeful this no will become a yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm just sitting in the no right now. Um, but praying for healing the past three years, um, oh, yeah. both emotionally and physically, um, emotionally walking through a really traumatic season um, with somebody in our community. Um, and then 
physically, I've just been kind of going through it the last three years between um, miscarriage and vertigo and finding this pituitary tumor in my brain and um, just then very common things that are side effects of being pregnant between sciatica, my jaw unhinging and like popping out of place, um, crazy things with my feet. So things that I am believing like, God, I do, I want healing from all these things. But as I'm sitting in this and um, receiving relief and peace at different times, but the cycle just keeps going. I have the thing that I've really realized is how comfort has become is a huge idol in my life and how I felt like without comfort, without finding that perfectly restful, everything is right. I feel in complete control of my health and my body and what I want to do with it. Um, just being really challenged to like Paul says, to be content in whatever Mm -hmm. circumstance Um, and that's something I'm still growing in, but have seen a lot of steps forward in that heart posture while I still sit and wait. Um, but it's challenging. I think, especially when physical things can start to mess with your, your mental state too, um, Mm -hmm. and feeling out of control and feeling like this was my goal physically, like whether it was something I wanted to achieve or just be able to do the simple things um, of life to function and feeling like you don't have control over that is so um, frustrating, disheartening, sometimes feels really hopeless. And so that's something that I have just continued to bring to God in prayer and like do find moments of relief and peace. but I'm still sitting in that no. But one thing that comes to mind actually in that is that even in that of not having answers or complete healing of certain things, that Mm -hmm. he provides what I need to still make it through it. And it's up Mm -hmm. to me to choose joy or not. Um, But when my vertigo started, I was on a trip for work and I was by myself and it's quite scary. You like can't really see and just the whole room is spinning and, you know, I'm not going to go too much into it, but it's <laughs> pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, and I just thought this, this verse came to mind. It's Second Timothy 1.7. I actually didn't even know what the reference was, but I just felt the spirit put this in my heart. Um, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love and sound mind. So like while the room is like spinning, I'm just praying that in my, in my heart, like, God, I know you didn't give me a spirit of fear. I want to like access that power. I want to feel love and I want to have a sound mind (laughs) and sound eyeballs too, please. Um, (laughs) but it was just, and then it was so hard. I could barely see, but I was like Googling it on my phone to figure out what verse that was. But That was a moment where I felt like even in the no, even though that vertigo lasted for months, um, that I felt complete peace in that hotel room by myself and had to, I I was speaking actually, and I spoke barely being able to even see anything three different times and was able to travel home, you know, in the cab and the airplane and all the things. Um, And I chalked that completely up to the Holy Spirit filling in those gaps and for him taking away that fear. And I did feel peace. I felt awful and yet peace at the same time. Um, And so I constantly think about that moment as I continued to battle through these different things in the season of no of complete healing, Um, just knowing Mm -hmm. that no matter what my body is feeling or what's going around me or my lack of control, that um, I don't have a spirit of fear that I'm working towards being content in the circumstance. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I feel like you always have a word for me because um, I've, I've been going to see a counselor and talking a lot about health stuff. And yeah. the idea of control has been a big, a big thing of, yeah. of what adds to the burden of that. You know, like if we can pull back from, from that, desire for the control, it it really does, um, 
transform that. And it's, it's not the answered prayer that we are the, the ultimate answered prayer of those things, but man, God sure does keep speaking to us through that. So, um, I just love that you shared that and I love how God, um, speaks, just spoke to me through that. So, um, well, thank you so much for being here today, Megan. I have just loved getting to talk and I know we could keep going because I, I do have more questions I'd love to ask, but I know we're getting long on time. Um, <laughs> but I would love, uh, tell us first how our audience can find you and then I'd love for you to pray for us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you anybody who is listening. Um, I think like Val said, there's there's a lot of encouragement in hearing each other talk about prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, you can find me on the internet via Instagram. My handle is maymay underscore co. So M-A-E-M-A-E underscore co. And, um, my website is maymayco.com. Yes. And she's a talented one, (laughs) y'all. Thanks, Um, Val. Yeah. So much of the creative stuff that we've done over the last few years has, um, been either done specifically done by Megan or inspired by Megan. So Thank I'm grateful know. for you. Um, and yeah, you would you pray for us now? Absolutely. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing community together, for bringing friends together, for bringing this time Val and I have together to talk about you and how um, our life and our pursuit of knowing you and giving glory to you has transformed our lives. So we can inspire and spur each other on. Lord, I pray that everybody who is listening, that you would just flood the space that they're sitting in with your presence, that you would, they would feel that invitation to draw nearer to you, that they would allow the feelings, the hesitations, whatever is barring them from being vulnerable with their friends, their community, and, um, presenting requests, prayer requests to them, or just to have honest prayer with you, God, I just pray you would strip away any of those barriers. I pray for anybody who has a secret prayer buried deep inside that they are lonely or looking for a friend or um, community, kindred spirit, God, that this would be the moment that they could bring that request to you and that they would expectfully wait for that answer. Um, and we just are excited for what you're going to do through each of these listeners, through Val, through me, through Val's team and family, um, to continue to inspire other people to connect with you and then to allow their prayer life to give glory to you, God. Thank you so much for the inspiration, example, and leadership Val has been in my own life, spurring me on in my boldness and in my prayer life. Thank you for this podcast, for Val's book. I pray immense blessings over the words that have been um, carefully placed into that book, that it would create sparks and fires in people's hearts and then in their families and then in their communities, God. Um, I pray for Val that you would continue to heal her and provide answers. And we're just expectful for the day where she reports back that um, she has found peace in lack of control in, um, mm-hmm. and also just healing and answers in her physical needs, God. Bring all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Megan. <laughs>